The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 22 The Last Days of Fall Three days after the fight with Black Kevin, Orpheus, Colin, and Henry were on the road. Colin was not given to sentiment, and the apartment he had lived in had been furnished when he moved in, so everything he cared to bring fit into a steamer trunk. Henry was sentimental, but this was his plan. He was dragging Colin and Orpheus around on his promise that it would be all fine. So, if he had to give up the most, he felt it was fitting. It wasn't really the things in the apartment he felt he would miss, but the apartment itself. It was their home. The only place Henry felt the world was right. He would risk it, though. He would risk everything to fix his mistake, to find his new world. Orpheus only carried his satchel. Is that all you got, kid? asked Colin. Yes, Orpheus said, unsure of himself, so it came out sounding more like a question. Well, let's see what's in there, ordered Colin. My harmonica, my book, and a roll of hub wafers. Do you want one? Orpheus held out a little roll of flat round candies. After his candy contest, he decided that Necco wafers were his favorite. Henry took one. I'm not going to have to listen to that goddamn harmonica the whole fucking time, am I? Colin complained. No, Colin. You haven't heard him play. Henry handed Colin the wafer. He's really good. He's really good? What I've heard, he's very good. You know Finnegan's Wake? No, but if I heard it, I'm sure I could manage it. Well, you learn something with a little Irish in it when you get the chance. Colin ate the candy. Yes, sir, I will. Orpheus smiled, giving another wafer to Henry. Orpheus liked traveling between towns. The wagon held the ring. Packed up, it took up most of the room. But it was packed in a way that made it part of the wagon, to give them more space. The rest of the cart contained Colin and Henry's trunk, a crate of supplies, a cot to nap in, and Colin's chair, set all the way forward so whoever was riding in the back could still talk to the two riding up front. They all took turns driving, although they did have to teach Orpheus to drive. They told stories of their life, Colin with the police and as a boxer in Ireland, Henry with his scams and close calls, Orpheus about his life in China. He also read from his book. Henry liked the poem Annabelle Lee the best, an admission that Orpheus remembered when Paris was born, or she may have ended up being called Lenore. Orpheus taught Colin Tai Chi and how to play the harmonica. Colin taught Orpheus to ride and care for horses. Henry picked where they went and tried to pick cities that were within a day's ride of each other. He claimed that the cot gave him a stiff back, and he needed a real bed, a hotel room, and a bath. 
Orpheus suspected that that was a lie, that he wanted time alone with Colin. But Orpheus didn't care. Colin had become what Orpheus thought a father would be like, and Henry had become like a brother. A brother that was sleeping with his father, but a brother all the same. What did it matter? It was a new world, Henry's world. A year and a half later, on October 31st, 1864, in Carson City, Nevada, on a Monday, on Halloween, Henry's world ended. No scam can last forever, Henry had said, so he felt it was his job to keep up on events, like the war in the East, and local events that they could set up at, so he read any newspaper he could get a hold of as they passed from town to town. What had worried him for weeks now was that someone had been reporting on Orpheus's fights. So far, only the second fight, not the first. This told Henry that they must have known that the first fight was staged, and if they knew that, then they had been following them. Henry never took bets on the first fight, and it said exhibition on the poster, a veiled code to anyone in the know that it was staged. Whoever this reporter was had not called them out for it. What also bothered Henry is that the reporter had changed Orpheus's name. The article called him Handsome Jim, the undefeated Colorado kid. If Orpheus became famous for being undefeated, no one was going to bet against him. The overconfident local fighters would dry up. He could let Colin win one, but the reporter didn't consider the first fight legitimate, so he probably wouldn't count that as a loss. He could have Orpheus throw a match to one of the local fighters. That would get rid of the undefeated title, but it would get him out of the paper. Whoever this reporter was knew the scam. It was only a matter of time before it got out. Henry wished it could have lasted longer. But rule one of the hustle, you have to know when to get out. Well, okay, maybe rule eight or ten, but it was still an important rule. It was time. They had their money. However, the newspaper did have some good news. The territory of Nevada was becoming a state, and they weren't far from Carson City, the soon-to-be state capital. If they could get up there a few days early and find a place to set up, they could join the celebration, have one last big day, then pack it all up and head east to disappear. Colin was driving the cart as they entered Carson City. He was sure that they were being followed. Outside the city, it was not uncommon to travel the entire distance between cities with a stranger tailing you the whole time. There was only one place to go most of the time, and relative safety in numbers, even unknown numbers, as long as they kept their distance, and it seemed this one had, but now that they were in the city, he was still following. Colin took a few turns that were unnecessary, and doubled back. He didn't see the stranger any longer, so he set into a livery stable and paid to have the horses cared for and the cart housed while they set out to find a new venue. Orpheus stayed behind at a saloon near the stable. He found a piano in the corner and sat down to play it. The bartender was about to kick him off till he began to play the general's gamble. The upbeat and lively tune tended to encourage people to drink, and soon the bartender was too busy to protest, so Orpheus was allowed to continue. 
Then someone tapped him on the shoulder. "'Excuse me, are you the Colorado kid?' asked Odysseus. Orpheus turned to see a man, younger than him. He had a striped gray suit on, it didn't fit well, and a messenger bag, very similar to his own. He wore small round eyeglasses. His shoes had once been nice, but now they were scuffed and dusty. He couldn't have been more than seventeen, maybe eighteen, if his birthday had been yesterday. No, I'm the piano player, lied Orpheus. Oh, come on, I know you're the kid. Or would you prefer Jim? My name is Lee, and I play the piano, see? Orpheus played a couple of scales and went back to his song. Can I buy you a drink? Oh, I know. Orpheus rummaged through his bag and pulled out a roll of Necco wafers. Here, for you. I heard you were fond of them. Well, if you want to buy a humble piano player a drink and some hub wafers, I won't stop you. Orpheus took the small paper roll of candy. He opened it and ate one. I just want to ask you some questions. I've seen several of your fights. I was even there when you fought Black Kevin. You were. Did you have to skip school to get there? Orpheus asked. So what if I did? Odysseus protested. Why are you so curious? Are you a reporter? No. Odysseus stiffened. Now who's lying about who they are? You're the reporter that's been writing about me in all the papers, aren't you? You're Oscar Whiteway. It's Rightway. You know, because I'm a writer, it's a pen name. I came up with it myself. Clever, isn't it? Oh, yes, very clever, Orpheus lied. That means you admit you're the Colorado kid. Just give me a small interview. You can lie to me, I don't care. I just want something for my next article, Odysseus begged. All right, fine. But when Colin and Henry get back, you'd better scram. They will not be happy to see you. Orpheus got up, and the two men moved to a table to talk. No, I want to talk to them, too. I don't think you do, warned Orpheus. Anyways, the first question, where are you from? Colorado, lied Orpheus. No, I mean originally, insisted Odysseus. Oh, yes. Colorado. You can't be from Colorado. It's only been the territory of Colorado for three years. So unless you're trying to say that you're from the Colorado River, there's no way you grew up in Colorado. That's not true. There were people in Colorado before it was a territory. Can I ask you a question? How did you get the article into so many papers at once? You seem to be in all of them. Are you sending the article by telegraph? Actually, yes, I am. That must cost a fortune. Can you keep a secret? Odysseus lowered his voice and leaned forward. Yes, Orpheus mimicked him. I have a machine. I made it myself. I splice into the lines and send my own messages. Odysseus smiled. Now, that is clever, Orpheus said. So, just between us, Odysseus got quieter. Where are you from? Orpheus leaned forward and whispered, Just between us. I'm from Colorado. Okay, fine. Second question. Are you here to fight the Invincible Man? 
I don't know who that is. Aaron Killer Miller? The Invincible Man? He's also undefeated. He's here in town. I know his promoter. I could introduce you. Colin and Henry walked in. They looked around and found Orpheus sitting with Odysseus. Who's your friend? asked Colin. This fine young man is Oscar Rightway. Son of a bitch, declared Colin, as he lifted Odysseus out of his chair by his collar. His fist flew back as Henry stepped in and caught it before he could punch Odysseus. Not here, Henry demanded. Colin let go of Odysseus, and he fell back into his chair. After all, we are not barbarians, Henry said, calming Colin. He thinks we're here to fight some guy named Killer, are we? asked Orpheus. That's why we came back so quick. We didn't get far when we found this posted up all over, Henry explained as he set the poster down on the table. It read, The Undefeated Killer Miller versus The Undefeated Colorado Kid, Monday the 31st in the new state of Nevada. Oh, look, someone drew a new picture of me. This one looks more like me than the old one did. Can I keep it? Orpheus asked, trying to fill the silence. He was feeling uncomfortable. He had seen Colin mad before, but somehow this was different. He knew the old picture hadn't been him. It was Jim. He wondered where Jim was now. That's not the point, Lee. I'm not putting you up against a man who's proud to call himself killer. This poster is trying to make us look like cowards for backing out of a fight, but it won't work. Congratulations, Lee. You are officially retired. We're leaving, Henry answered. No, you can't, Odysseus protested. We can. They can call us cowards all they like. We won't be here to hear it, Henry explained. No, you can't because it's a scam. They're pulling the opposite scam you are, Odysseus said rapidly. Cullen gave a loud huff. No, don't get mad. I know the fights are legit. The second fight, anyways. But you guys are making money by tricking people into betting against what they presume to be a younger, weaker fighter. That's why you call him Handsome Jim. Handsome is code for inexperienced. But he called you Lee. Is your name even Jim? Jim Lee, yes, Orpheus said, wondering at this point whether or not it was a lie. Anyway... You make money on bets while charging only 25 cents a ticket. They present their fighter as undefeatable. A killer. No one bets against him, no matter what the odds. And there isn't a bookie anywhere that will take a bet for him. But look at the entrance fee. The poster on the table said bench seats, $10. What the fuck does bench seats mean? Asked Colin. It means the seats in the back. The seats that are at ringside can be arranged by wealthier patrons by contacting the promoter directly. He charges whatever he can get for them. I heard he once charged $150 for one seat, and the man bought two. He charges the rich people more. That's hilarious. You know, that's what we used to do back in... Orpheus began to explain, then paused, looked at Odysseus, waiting hopefully. Colorado, he finished. Cullen held back a laugh and was finally beginning to loosen up. That's not even the best part. He has a circus tent. He can set up anywhere there's room. It seats over 2,000. 
That's 20000 minimum if he can fill the tent. Plus, he sells beer and sausage and pretzels to practically everyone. Every fight is like Oktoberfest. There's even an Oompa band. He's got a band? Can we get a band? Asked Orpheus. Kid, you're retired. Start all the fucking bands you want. But they're running into a problem. No one cares anymore. They've seen it. And with ticket prices so high, they can't fill the tent. He wants out. One last big night. So he's desperate for the kid. Because the kid is also undefeated, he hopes it will rekindle interest. He's been promoting the fight for a week. Why would he think we would agree to this fight? Asked Henry. That's my fault? I may have accidentally told him you were coming to fight Miller, Odysseus said weakly. It was a misunderstanding. I telegraphed to him that you were on your way to Carson City. He thought I meant to fight Miller. I was just trying to save money on the message. I didn't mean to be vague. Why didn't you use your own machine and splice into the telegraph lines? asked Orpheus. What? Henry and Colin said simultaneously. Hey, you said you could keep a secret, complained Odysseus. I can, said Orpheus, but I only tend to do so when the secrets are about me, he smiled. Look, I know the bets coming in have been getting smaller and smaller. You're having trouble getting people to bet against the kid, Odysseus explained. Thanks to you and your fucking articles, Colin fumed. I didn't make him undefeated. And I didn't start the undefeated moniker. People have been calling him that for some time. You had to know this country rube routine wasn't going to last forever. He's becoming famous. The next step is a big match to solidify his fame. A win against Miller makes him a hero. The killer killer. Overnight, he will become the most famous fighter in the territories. Best of all, it will come out of nowhere. An upset of epic proportions. People have been dying to bet on Miller. If you start taking bets, people will throw money at you trying to cash in on what they see as a sure thing. With the money you take in, when the kid wins, you could talk Finnegan, Miller's promoter, into selling you the tent, the chairs, even the people to go with them. Hell, he'll probably throw in the beer and pretzels. He's looking to get out, and with Miller defeated, his gimmick is broken. What are you guys making? Maybe 600 on your best day? Imagine 33 times that every time you set up. All you have to do is step out of the shadows. Become the hero instead of playing the villain. What makes you so sure Lee can win? Asked Henry. That's the other secret. Miller is a terrible fighter. He doesn't train. He doesn't spar or exercise. He's not invincible. He may be a bit invulnerable. He can take an unknown amount of damage. That's why no one has won against him. He just seems to keep going. But there's got to be a limit. Also, he's strong. Most fights are ended in one punch. Anyone he hits is either out or on his way out. Those two things, though, when they are combined, they make him overconfident. He truly thinks he can't be beaten, and that's his Achilles heel. I'm sure that a fighter fast enough not to be hit, and with the kid's ability to tear his opponents apart, could not only hold his own against Miller, but could bring him either to the point of exhaustion or frustration. 
He will quit on his own if you get him mad enough. He's counting on his strength to knock out his opponents. He's unprepared for an opponent he can't hit. We're still not doing it, said Henry. Okay, you don't believe me? Come see him fight. He's fighting today. Saturday crowds are always better. But they wanted a big match for Monday and the celebration of Nevada's statehood. So tonight, it's just a warm-up match. Who is he fighting? asked Henry. All comers. They're offering a $1,000 prize to anyone who could knock him down even once. They don't even have to win the match. Just knock him down. Has anyone ever won it? asked Orpheus. No, said Odysseus. I think I could. Can I try? Orpheus looked to Colin. Fuck no, said Colin flatly. Henry felt relieved until Colin continued. I will do it. What? No, you are not getting into the ring with a man named Killer, Henry demanded. Even stomped his foot a little. I'll be fine, but if I can assess his skills, then I can tell whether or not this little shit here is telling the truth. I can also tell what the kid's chances are, Colin explained. Or you could be killed, Henry continued. No need to be so dramatic. If I get into trouble, I can just bow out. I'm not trying to win the match. I'll be fine. Great. I will go tell them you're coming, shall I? Odysseus tried to rise from his seat. Colin pushed him back down. Sit your ass down. Didn't your mother tell you no one likes a tattletale? You can't keep me here, protested Odysseus. You'd be surprised what I can and can't do. Colin threatened. What he means is, Henry began to explain in his nice guy voice, until the match later, we would like you to join us. We'll have a little lunch and then go to the match together. We want to thank you for all the wonderful information you've given us. Now, we'd like to help you in return. We can see you have a bit of a problem with gossip. So, stay here with us and we'll keep you on the straight and narrow until the fight. It's just the Christian thing to do explained Henry. Is this how all interviews go? Orpheus smiled. Is there a third question? No, was all Odysseus said, sandwiched between Colin and Henry on the bench. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead. Except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.